0: Thanks for joining me for season five of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is Susan Macias, and I'm so glad you're here as we talk about how we can serve the Lord, how we can serve our communities and each other. Because if we're not home yet, we're not done yet i am so glad today for a special Christmas episode. I have Lisa Woolery with a special message for those of you who are going into a Christmas without your husband. She has, as a widow, has really developed a ministry and outreach to those who are going through those things and is willing and, and desiring to help you along in your journey too. So Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me and Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. I know I'm really struggling to believe it's already Christmas because I feel like a few more weeks would be helpful in getting to Christmas, but Christmas is coming whether I'm ready or not. So yes, yes. (laughs) So let me read a little bio about Lisa. She is not ashamed about her hot mess realities of widowing. Lisa shares and encourages widows to find their comebacks too. Money, abandonment, tweens, dating, introspection, self-forgiveness, and faith are some of the adventures Lisa cries and giggles about in her blog, newsletter, and memoir, The Widow's Comeback. Due out the first quarter of 2024, join her conversation at thewidowscomeback.com or on Facebook. And that is just so exciting to me that... um, A, I'm a, are you self-publishing or is it being published by uh, a house?
1: I'm self-publishing.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a self-publishing pioneer alongside with you. So this is so exciting. And so when your book comes out, we will have another podcast and talk all about that. But um, I, I think that holidays, I was just reading a young lady who had lost her husband, a friend, and she was talking about Christmas and and it's two years and and how people think the grieving gets less and your life gets more, but the grieving never really gets less. Do you do, have you found that in a way?
1: I have, and I mean, I'm four and a half years into being a widow, and even. Like the next day after my husband died, I thought that I would be quote unquote over it or moving forward or moving on or, or whatever. But, um, what I've really started to realize is that I never, am going to stop grieving and I'm never going to be done with this, but that's okay. Um, I think that it's made changes in me that are good. And so I can, I can find gratefulness in that.
0: I think that's very important for those of us who have not yet gone through that kind of grief to realize for our friends who are going through it that those wounds are going to feel fresh even though they're older. Um and I would think holidays would bring up new experiences of that.
1: Very much so. I still sometimes stop and I'm like, "Oh, Eric's not here." <laughs> I still Four and a half years in, and then it's hard because there are so many things that like, for example, with Christmas time that I would have wanted Eric here for with all of the things that we used to do, you know, picking out the tree, putting it on the car, bringing it in, putting it in the stand. For example, um, the first year after Eric died, like just thinking about those things made my stomach hurt. So instead we went to ACE and I told the kids, we're not getting a big tree, but we can each choose a little tree. So we chose little trees that were already in the stance. And then we can decorate them ourselves and put them wherever we want in the house. So I think that was the very first way I started to make Christmas simpler because I had
0: to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really think about the things that are, you know, just... I would I would probably have to hire somebody to get my Christmas boxes down of all my ornaments because that would be hard to do. Well, actually it's
1: yeah, and it's funny that you say that. Um when my husband died, he left me with my two tweens. Um, so we weren't quite at the point where they could significantly help, but they were just little helpers and and wanting to do things um to make it easier for me. But um the Thanksgiving weekend, when we usually start to decorate, I said, okay, fine, we're going to do this. And I went out to the garage to pull down the stairs for the little garage attic, which is where I thought all of the Christmas decorations were, but the um, handle was missing from like the pole was missing. So my uncle said, you can go to ACE and they'll help you. So I went to ACE, they helped Two hours later, we finally pull it down. So excited about our victory. And my son climbs up and we realize that the Christmas decorations aren't there. They were actually upstairs in the attic where we have this little attic room where you just have a doorknob and you just open it and go in. (laughs) So, but I think that, um, maybe God was giving me that little victory of actually doing like a, I call it the handy widow kind of, um, kind of like fix it thing, just to give me a little boost of confidence, because I really needed that for all of the quote unquote, manly things that my husband used
0: to do. Yeah. So you have come into Christmas and you, I love the, I'm just going to read a sentence you gave me because I thought it was so good. You sort of moved from things at Christmas, things at Christmas to experiences. It has been so settling and impactful, especially as my kids are older. So how old are your kids now? And explain how this has worked out for you as a widow at Christmas.
1: Sure. So my kids are both in high school now. My son is 16. He's a sophomore and my daughter is 14 and she's a freshman. Um, so we used to just Just go so over overboard, and we were like so busy and stressed, and had all of these gifts and um, all these like last minute errands and things. Um, But I just like I literally I don't have the capacity anymore, and it actually makes me a little nauseated just like all of the stuff that comes along with Christmas. So instead, I try to do little experiences. Um, My son goes to boarding school, so as soon as he gets home. We start to do little things like we'll go to the Nelson Atkins Art Museum. I live in Kansas City Um, and we'll go into the atrium and draw. And actually, that's one of the activities. We haven't done it yet, Um, but I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, Another thing that we love to do is we'll go to the plaza, which is like an outdoor mall. It's like um, very 1920s. sort of art deco-y. And so they're beautiful lights and we'll go and we'll go to Barnes and Noble and I'll just let them buy whatever they want. And then we'll go over to this restaurant called Cooper's Hawk and have dinner. And they have these huge desserts that my kids like. And then as far as Christmas gifts, since my son is at a military boarding school, he's only allowed to have possessions that fill up this one little trunk. So I actually literally can't get him things, but I started the very first year after my husband died. I'm like, okay, we're going to experiences and I got them a cruise. And this year there we're getting um, trips to New York um, in the summer. I mean, I would take them on vacation anyways, but now I just make like a big deal out of it. And it's their Christmas gift. Um, and like they get to unwrap a travel guide to New York. And then they each get to choose um, a day while we're there. So, um, I think that moving forward, their gifts are going to be remembered through experiences instead of just junk that ends up cluttering a room and getting thrown away later.
0: I hear a lot of wisdom in that, regardless of uh, your situation in life, Um, just because it can get so busy that you end up losing the joy of the people. So for you, though, for like a woman that is facing Christmas, it's her first as a widow. Mm what what advice could you give her
1: well i'll just say the three traditions that i have moving forward so you're a widow now and you don't want to be you yeah. don't want to be here but you are so you kind of just have to face it and i like to say sometimes i have to put on my big girl panties and just i have to face it so i have to know that i can't do everything that i want to do i can't Keep the memories alive by doing things that aren't going to work. So, I would say, just try to go simpler, and like really like make a list of the things that are stressing you out, and like cross some things off. So, the, I'll just tell you the three things that I do um, instead of the thirty traditions that I used to have when my husband was around. I now have three. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, first of all. I, I do lights, but I don't do them myself. I tried myself my first year and I failed miserably. And then that was just like extra stress. But now I hire this guy and he puts up the lights. He gets extra Christmas money and I get the joy of having the lights. And I actually do it um, early in November. And I tell him that I'm his last client to take them down because I want to drive into my neighborhood for three months and see my beautiful lights. So that's very simple. It's like um, not very expensive to pay him for it. And it just brings me so much joy and it's very easy. Um, and then I told you about the small trees that we do. Um, I love that. Uh, it's so easy and fun. And we. it's like our tradition now. And the kids are like, are we going to do small trees on Thanksgiving weekend? Um, and then the third is a tradition that I um, have brought from my family from when I was growing up, we used to always have the quote unquote Christmas Eve feast. So we'd have, we'd go to church and we'd come home and we'd have all of these goodies out, which now we call charcuterie. Like yeah. we didn't call it that in the seventies and the eighties. <laughs> um, so we're going to do that again this year, my daughter and I will be in charge of it. And we'll go out and spend too much money on expensive, ridiculous cheese and other things. And after church, we'll just sit around and enjoy it. Maybe watch Home Alone too. Um, so, so those are the traditions that I wanted to keep or that I feel like I can do. And so I think that that's something that a widow should think about. It's just what can you do and what will bring you joy? Mm
0: -hmm. I would think that it would be particularly the first year. Well, I'm saying this something about my own personality. It would be easy for me to think about all the things I'm not getting to do because he's gone. And so that that is what you're saying is flipping that on its head and thinking about it is what can I do now Um. In this new situation that we're here, did you find yourself calling out to the Lord going, Lord, I don't know what to do. Please tell me what to do. Well,
1: I have to tell you this. My husband died in August and I did not cry out to the Lord for a long time because Mm -hmm. I literally just felt not even slapped in the face, like hit by a truck. I was in so much shock and it's not that I forgot about my faith, but I just um, was like, God, I can't even pray right now. I don't even know what to pray about. Like I just, I can't. And so I know that God was there. I knew that God was there. I knew that he was protecting me and helping me, but there wasn't a lot of communication with him then. I mean, I was just so overwhelmed. Um, but I do remember my first year and, and I'm not going to lie. Your first year is going to be awful. Yeah. you're, you're, you're going to have to feel all of those feels and you're going to have to be devastated. And unfortunately, that's just part of it. Like, I can't sit here and lie and say, you can have a great Christmas because really it won't be, but you can have moments of joy. So you can have some good moments, but but it's not going to be a joyful season. Like that's just impossible. Um, I remember my first year, I live in Kansas. My parents lived in Palm Springs at the time. All I could do was get my kids on the plane. On the plane, I realized that I hadn't bought any gifts. (laughs) Just like I forgot. It's like literally all I could do was just get to the airport. So I know there's like expectations and things that you want to do and things that you've always done. And you have to just let that go. You have to, you have to just do what you can and not feel bad about what you can't.
0: Mm. That's really good advice. That's really, that's good advice for like normal, like situations. (laughs) So it's super good advice when you are in a new crisis situation. Mm -hmm. You know, this is hard. You're not imagining it. It is super hard and there's nothing to do but go through it. But you can make it, you can find those moments of joy. And that's that's a that could be enough for this year. What was your one moment of joy? And if you don't actually feel a moment of joy, that's okay, too.
1: Well, yes. And, and this is what I like to say to new widows that I meet. Once you hit year one, you're done with your firsts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like your first, everything is going to suck. Mm-hmm. And once you're done with your first, the grief will be a little less. It won't be with you as a constant awful companion, like it was those first years. And you'll be able to start doing new things, reinventing yourself, reinventing your holidays. Um, I think that there's one thing that's really important for a widow to have on the tip of her tongue. And that is no, thank you. I can't do that this year. I'm sure you understand. Perfect. Because there's going to be people who think that even though your husband died X months ago, you're gonna you're gonna still want to host your 14 person Christmas dinner or whatever. But if that's not going to serve you, get rid of it. Someone else can host it. Mm -hmm. That's fine.
0: Okay, say that again. Say the sentence again. It's like having it's like having your gun ready, you know, in the holster. So what do you pull out when they say, "Oh"? you know, we'd love to do da da da. I'm sure you would. You say,
1: I'm so sorry. I can't do that this year. I'm sure you understand. Or you could say, I'm sorry. I'm grieving too much. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Just, I like to, I like to do, and I'm sorry. And I also like to give them no
0: choice by saying, I'm sure you
1: understand because who's going to say no.
0: Right. No, I don't understand. Well,
1: right. Okay. So may, that might be the most important thing is I'm sure you understand. No,
0: I thought that was really wise to say that because you're you're making it clear, you're being kind, but you're saying you're putting it back on them to understand this is not a normal year. I'm sure you understand. And even if they don't, they're going to try to understand at that moment, or at least act like they're trying to understand. Because
1: well, well, right, they're not going to be a big jerk and say, "No, I don't understand." You have to, yeah. you have to host Christmas. Like, they're, they're yeah. not going to. Do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. So that's a great that's a great thing to have in your arsenal. Um, and I loved your advice about write down all the things that are stressing you out and cross off the ones that stress you the most or that will until you get to the point of not feeling stressful, because that's great advice for anytime someone's feeling stressful, but the idea of, of being able to write down and, and realize what are these pain points that I could possibly get rid of? That's really good. So for those of us who are walking beside a widow, on that first year? Is there something you wish some, your friends or family would have done if they'd known to do it? Everybody wants to do the right thing, but nobody knows what it is.
1: Um, well, I'll tell you a couple of things. Um, a lot of times people don't, they won't talk about your husband. Like my first year at my parents' house, they didn't say Eric's name once. And that was very hurtful and it was very difficult. And I know they loved Eric. He was in our life for thirty six years, but they didn't know what to say. And I, that's fine. Like I'm not mad about that at all. But yeah, if you have a widow in your life, remember to say his name. Just be like, give him a hug and say, God, "I wish Jim was here."
0: Or yeah, see, I, really I would be afraid her. to say that. I'm glad you're yeah. saying that because I would be afraid. I'm causing pain. But what you're really doing is empathizing because that's exactly what she's thinking.
1: Well, yes. And you're acknowledging. Yeah. You're acknowledging that her life has been obliterated. If you ignore it, then it's kind of painful. But if you acknowledge it, yeah, she might cry and you might cry, but who cares? (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. cry. Just acknowledge it, especially if you love her and you loved him. It's just, that's fine. It's fine to say his name. Um, And I'm going to tell you the thing. That this happened to me this year on Mother's Day, and it's it might make me cry because I still can barely talk about it. This is the first time I'm really, like, publicly saying this. It hasn't hit my newsletter yet. Um, my best friend's husband, who was a very good friend of my husband, um, bought my girlfriend and I very expensive, not that it matters if it's expensive, but just very expensive matching Louis Vuitton bags for mother's day. And he, um, said to me, I know that all of your mother's days have sucked since Eric died, but I wanted to give you something that he would have given you. And it was like, it was a gift from the grave from my Eric. Her her husband's name is Eric also, and that meant so much to me because it meant that he acknowledged and understood that like I've been just like holding my family together with duct tape and toothpicks for the last four years, and my kids love me, but they don't they don't give me the great gifts that my husband used to, you know. So um, if you have a widow in your life do something for her on behalf of her husband mm. even if it's just a hug i've been thinking about eric and i just want to give you a hug just just to acknowledge that um it it was so special to me
0: oh i that makes me cry that is such a sweet story what a good thing to do that's really yes. good you're right because the mothers day gifts from the kids are not the same <laughs> So, um, okay, let's wind this up. And I'm going to have a second part uh, with Lisa that we're going to talk about in more general ways, but we wanted to get this out for the Christmas, for a widow that is facing Christmas to have some tools to go into Christmas with. And one thing I like to end my podcast with is asking my guest um, a book that they love um, and then a practice that has kept them moving forward with the Lord. So we'll do a Christmas version of that. What is... What is one of the best uh, books that you love?
1: Well, the Bible, of course, like, doesn't everyone say that? <laughs> but um, my girlfriend came to visit me a couple of years ago, and she, I'll hold it up so you can see it. Um, she had this this book. It's called The One Year Chronological Bible, large print, <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, and I read it. it. It actually took me two years. But I read it and finished it this year, and it was such a beautiful story. I feel like God met me, he comforted me, and he challenged me, all in reading this story um, that he's given us. And I, I feel like it was written just for me, just for a widow. And I actually have started it again. To see, see what I'm going to learn from it this time. Um, but I just really recommend that. And I and I really am glad that I took the time and effort um, to, to read that.
0: Yeah, And I think that's so good for all the perfectionists out there. Let me give you a pass. You can start a one-year listening plan <laughs> or a one-year Bible and take <laughs> as long as it takes. Yes. It's really Very just the so. idea of reading through the whole thing. However, yeah. you can do it. Just keep, I didn't even
1: start January 1st. I started like some March or something, but I started with January 1st and, and I would take a picture. I'm finally on September or whatever. Um, but it was, um, it was a really good blessing.
0: That is wonderful. That is just wonderful. Okay. And so what is a practice that has kept you going through these times?
1: Um, well, I think my practice that I really think about has served me best is that at some time on my widow's journey, it certainly wasn't in the beginning, but I've learned how to ask God for specific things and nothing is like too little. So if you're a widow and you're facing your Christmas, like just you're sad about something, maybe you don't get to do a tradition, just tell God that. Ask God to fill your Christmas with other things. Mm
0: -hmm. Just
1: ask him for the little things. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so good because you really do. um, Walking with the Lord is a very day by day, um, Mm -hmm. minute detail kind of thing. You know, it, it, he loves, I just think, I just think how I feel towards my children and the love I have for my children when they ask me something, they come to me and they want something from me, um, not in a demanding way, just because they know they trust me and can ask me, well, how much more our Heavenly Father loves us? Um, so what a sweet thing. Well, that is wonderful, Lisa. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas with experiences more than things. <laughs> and um, I look forward to our next conversation and we will dive more into um, the the places the Lord has taken you and, and even uh, maybe talk about the book a little. But uh, I'm just grateful that you are using the pain that has come in your life to bless others.
1: Thank you very much. And Merry Christmas to you.
0: Merry Christmas.